0: Welcome to the Dow of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Dow of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today, we have Amy and Chris and Craig. Good to have you guys. I want to change the focus a little bit on the podcast. I was thinking about this the other day, and I believe that I am focusing too much on making a good podcast. And I I can't hardly say it with a straight face, because Craig mentioned this to me months ago. I tried to change a little, but I really just couldn't let that go. So what I want to do is I want us to have a meeting, and let's get what we need from the meeting. And whatever it produces in content, so be it. I want to use the Wentz a little, but I really want us to focus on uh, having a good recovery conversation and probably talk more of a, of the Tao Te Ching and pull some verses from the Wentz system. Not think we've just got to come up with new content every week that's Tao related. What do you think, Craig? You think that's a good idea? Why didn't
1: we come up with this idea ages ago?
0: Why didn't you mention this to me before? What do I keep you around for? You're my sponsor. You're supposed to help me with things like that.
1: I try. But You did
0: try. You did but, try. I, I, I did.
1: but at what point do I stop trying?
0: Well, you did the right thing. You made a suggestion and then you just gave me time to
1: See my wife does this as well, right? So she'll suggest something and then she'll let it just sit and simmer away. And then she'll suggest it as if to say, remember, you said this, Craig, you had this great idea. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I did. But it was really her idea. And she sold it to me as the fact that it's my idea. And even though I was against it from the first place, I'm now in favor of it because it's now all of a sudden my great idea.
0: Well, I know this is not my idea. This was yours, and it was good. Thank you. No, no, no.
1: it wasn't my idea. It was a a group decision. I'm not taking credit for a gift. A wise wise old man once says you never take credit for a
0: gift. He's not that old.
1: Perspective.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we were talking right before I started recording. We were talking about. uh, We were talking about lessons.
1: We were talking about lessons that we don't want to learn, and I was going to say that I've heard in conversations as well that this life is not a rehearsal for anything. And just you were talking about the the different ways that we learn lessons and and why we have to learn them. And Amy was saying this is lessons that there's some lessons I don't want to
0: learn. Do we think that you know? I used to think that life was all orchestrated, like it was all divinely placed everything was I'm not so sure of that now you know that everything was a lesson for me to, it was still about me <laughs> it was still about teaching me something you know maybe it's just life and that the way that that it works out into something good is when we approach it from a from path of love that it uh it's like you know romans 8 again every detail of our lives of love works into something good you know if you want a dow quote with that a nature quote water runs downhill every time no matter what decision i make as long as i'm doing you know doing the best with this walk that i can it, it turns out into something good eventually if i just give it enough time
1: well that kind of brings us to the Wensu or Wentsa, as you guys
0: You cannot do a good Southern invitation, Craig. I'm sorry. You just can't do it.
1: I just I just don't know how you guys cannot keep up with the just Wensu. I would
2: say I would say Wensu.
1: I would say Wensu as well, because that's how it's supposed to be said. So so see that. See, there's two people in this world, Davey. There's people that say Wensu, and there's the ones that are wrong.
0: I'd say Winsa. Winsa.
1: I rest my case. I see Chris is quiet. Chris is like, I'm going to see the way this goes.
0: Jump in, Chris. Just jump in, man. It's our free-for-all today. I'm not even sure how I say it. <laughs> Wensu. Wen I
1: thought
0: Lao Tzu was Lao Tzu, so it'd be Winsa.
1: What I, was, what I was going to say was the when Su says those who serve life adapt to changes as they act. And I think that's just exactly what we're talking about when we're coming we to life.
0: It. We have an, a, an organic conversation and it comes back to what we're talking about or going to talk about. We haven't even looked at it yet.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Am I too early?
0: No, you're not. No, no. I mean, that's true, though.
2: But like if there was some puppeteer in the sky orchestrating things, right? Then we wouldn't adapt to changes. Someone would be adapting us to the change.
0: Or, you know, you could look at how gravity, well, back to gravity and water. Is it wrong for water to go this way or that way? No, it's just going to go the way that gravity pulls it. Same with us, I think. I, I think the way that we participate In the, okay, the universe is ever expanding. We had the Big Bang and this thing is ever expanding, right? That's the way we understand it at this point. What if the way that we participate in that ever expansion is through being in the moment by living love? And then we're ever expanding and we're, you know, we're participating in the expansion of the universe in that way. And that's God. We were in a meeting the other night and someone described God as being now. And I wished I would have gotten that. I wish I would have. Because <laughs> that's great. Uh, it was Sarah from Georgia in our 9 p.m. meeting. Uh, this been a few months ago. They were talking about different things about God. She says, can we just describe God as now? Like, oh, that's so wonderful. I wish, you know, I wish I'd have thought of that, you know. But it's really true. Now is another three-letter word for God. Because everything about love brings us to the moment. It's about being present.
3: i thought about that and have been struggling with making that connection. You the know, connection
0: between God and the moment? Between uh, love and now, for example. Okay. How, how does that work? When can you love someone, Chris? Can you love them in the past, present, or future?
3: Um, um,
0: Only in the present, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Right now. So I think that's one of the, one of the gifts we get with recovery is because what recovery teaches us is to go help someone. And we can only do that now. We Mm -hmm. can't do that in the future, the past. So it brings us to the moment. So for me, I think that's, you know, versus our fears which always take us out of the moment so that, that's how i am understanding
3: it yeah so i've been hearing that meditation is an act of love or being no it's being in the moment is an act of love so i guess it follows along those same lines because if you're accepting if you're being in the moment you're accepting everything as it is and if you have that acceptance is an act of love. I mean, course, obviously, within a relationship, a total acceptance is an act of love, or is is love really right And not?
0: Um, yeah, I think so because if you're giving people room space to be themselves,
1: yeah, I would I would expand on that because you says you accept everything as it, as it is. I think we also accept every person as they are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Without trying to change them,
0: but you know that's a lot to try to. I, I can't really get my head around everything and every person, but I I can get my head more around. Am I doing it in this moment?
3: Mm-hmm. That's a lot
0: easier. I can't because I am so far from accepting everyone as they are all the time. Maybe you're just, maybe he's just not ready yet. Maybe you just. But I can well, accept you're... most people in the moment, right now. You know, not have to put that whole, you know, thinking of future and everything else in there and the,
3: the tricky part of that is, is saying that you can accept that you can't accept everybody as they are but you can at least accept it at the at the moment that that's the way you feel or the way you are which is sort of like double talk but but,
0: but, but all, all I have to accept Chris is this moment as right. it is so i come much closer to accepting people in this moment then I can can I accept everything all the time that's way too much for me to be thinking about
3: mm-hmm. all right I agree all right
2: that's along those same lines as I can't have a drink forever like I can never ever ever take another drink oh. exactly.
3: yeah. well
2: just don't take a drink today because when tomorrow gets here it's still going to be today so mm-hmm. just focus on the today the here and now and that's I mean, I think I heard, uh, I listened to Joe Walsh's story and I may have shared this on here before, but, um, he talked about God consciousness being right here, right now in the, in the future, in the future and well in the future too, but in the past, like that wasn't right now, that wasn't God consciousness. We can make ourselves victims of anything that happened in the past and, and that's not right here, right now. We can go into the future and make ourselves victims of stuff that hasn't even happened yet either. And that's not right here, right now. That's not God consciousness. Right here, right now is God consciousness. And right here, right now, we're all okay.
0: Amen, sister. Let's read a little bit of the, I wanted to talk about the 66th verse Mm -hmm. in conjunction with the 6th verse of the Wentz. And I had a couple of excerpts from this. Guys, if you have things in this that spoke to you, let's talk about them. I think this is really about guidance. If we wanted to read something in the Tao about guidance. This, this sixth verse, I think shows that. And that's a great thing about, about the Winsa is that it's, it's like looking at one, uh, sculpture or one work of art from all different angles and seeing something different when you look at it from different ways, because this really is about how to uh, walk in the Tao, you know, how to walk this path. Craig mentioned the first first uh, sentence, which I had marked, uh, those who serve life adapt to changes as they act. Changes arise from the times, those who know the times, do not behave in fixed ways. Therefore, I say ways can be guides, but not fixed paths. Names can be designated, but not fixed labels. Because if I think I have things figured out, my expectations rise, and I expect you to behave a particular way, or I expect things to be a particular way, and I do not like change. I want things to I want to understand everything and it behave the way it, even if it's behaving a way I don't like, if I know it, then I can adjust accordingly. But this is saying that, you know, we really, that's working against us when we, we get fixed in our ways. If anybody has anything, just jump in. It gets
3: right back to exactly what we were just talking about, about acceptance of the moment as it is, rather than the way you expected it to be. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. Chris. Yeah. But, you know, is it such a smaller acceptance is much uh, more within reach for me if I'm just accepting the moment and not trying to accept everything like Amy was talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm just focusing on the present right now, It's not that, it's not as difficult to accept. That's possible. That's possible. Anything jump out in this sixth verse? Any of you guys? For me, on the nine, on page nine, human beings are tranquil by birth. This is the celestial nature. Sensing things, they act. This is natural desire. When things come to them, they respond. This is the act of knowledge. When knowledge and things interact, likes and dislikes arise. When likes and dislikes are formed, knowledge goes to externals and cannot be returned to the self. So celestial design disappears. Mm -hmm. So we're designed to respond. I think what he's saying is that if we go past responding to mixing our thinking with what's going on,
2: are we designed, I'm sorry to
0: interrupt, but I'm not,
2: are we designed to respond though, or are we taught to respond?
0: I think responding is the right, is the right action that we respond rather than react.
2: React. Okay. Gotcha. I, I can agree with that.
0: And then I think what this is saying is it takes it a step further when it says, okay, now once you start responding, you start thinking you have this thing figured out, right? Then you start getting expectations of the things you like and the things you dislike and trying to be the puppeteer. And it's it's interesting. It says with our knowledge takes us to externals instead of internally. So we start looking at the external. And when we do that, the the design of life disappears. We lose the design by always looking to these externals, trying to control. Oh, uh, I for me, I think that says trying to control, uh, make things a particular way to make me happy, and we're looking at externals for that rather than within.
1: What well, was Stephen Mitchell's twenty seventh twenty um, seventh verse? A good traveller has no fixed plans and is not intent upon arriving. A good artist lets his intuition lead him wherever he wants. A good scientist has freed his concepts—sorry, has freed himself of concepts—and keeps his mind open to what is. Um, and this is one where it's going to—the um, was, was a good man, but a bad man's teacher was a bad man, but a good man's job. Where were those,
3: Craig? Where was that, Craig?
1: It's the the 27th 27th verse. It's the Stephen Mitchell translation. Thus the master is available to all people and doesn't reject anyone. He is ready to use all situations and doesn't waste anything. This is called embodying a light. So the six of the Went Su. um, Ways can be guides, but not fixed paths. Names can be designated, but not fixed labels.
2: Mm I want to talk about that real quick. Labels. Fixed labels. Because that immediately make me, makes me think of in the big book where it says we're in the, on the basis of trusting infinite Wait a minute. God finite. Selves. We trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. So when I try to Label. And buddy, you and I had a conversation and we, well, I've been a part of several conversations about what name do we name God? Well, I need another word for God. And, and I think at one point I even said, I don't like labels because if I, as soon as I label something as one particular thing, then it's fixed. Then it's that, and it, it can't be anything other than that. Yes. I can change it, whatever. So that's why I don't, you know, I, I just, my God doesn't belong in a building in a box on Sunday mornings. Um, my God doesn't it, does it belong here or there. That's why I tend to use the word universe, because in my mind, the universe is ever growing, ever expanding. Um, and that's what God is for me, because I continue to seek. Um, so I just... Ways can be guides. So like, it can be a concept, but it doesn't have to be a fixed label. You know, this is the definition. It's not Mm -hmm. black and white.
1: So do you have the same opinion as when you identify as an alcoholic? What do you mean? Well, because I identify as an alcoholic. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting a label on myself. I know that can change. I know I can I can stop being an alcoholic anytime that I want to.
2: From, if you just take, and this is fun. Um, <laughs> look at Buddy's face. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I, I am an alcoholic from the standpoint when alcoholic, from the definition of alcoholic, right? So I think your question is, yes, I am that, but I'm not only that. Mm -hmm. yeah so so maybe it's i'm okay with multiple labels just not one fixed label there's not one word that describes me there's not one label that describes me there's not one um, name or label really that describes god to me um but alcoholic from the standpoint that i don't react the same when alcohol enters my body when what is the Our friend TC's favorite definition, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. So from that standpoint, I am, you know, there's no probably about it. I am an alcoholic. That is just not the only thing that defines me. Good good question, Craig.
1: I was just—I was just asking because I—I yeah. I would, if you were to look at it from the labelling point of view, you know, do I want to be defined as an alcoholic? Do I want to be labelled as an alcoholic forever, or am I more accepting of the fact that I suffer from a condition called alcoholism, which means I cannot—I cannot handle alcohol is the same as normal people can, or abnormal people? Because I think I'm the normal one.
2: Mm-hmm. Still. Mm-hmm. And so the concept of alcoholism that encompasses so many other things too, right? Yeah. Cause because mo- most abnormal people out there, earthlings, whatever you want to call them, they don't they just think, oh, you're an alcoholic, you just can't handle your liquor. Right? Can't Says handle guy, your liquor. Yeah. Says right. the guy that
1: sat with the same drink in front of him all night.
2: Right. He can't handle his liquor either. So why oh. can't we call him an alcoholic? <laughs> That's alcohol abuse, right there. Right, right. So why are they the ones with the problems with alcohol? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: like the alcoholic, though. You know, some people have an issue with that because it reminds me of my powerlessness over alcohol.
1: I was just going to go there because when we do the first step, we, we, I was I'm doing um, I'm doing more about alcoholism with uh, one, one of my new sponsees and we're talking about that. And we've just got up to the part where it says only, only you can call yourself an alcoholic. You, know, you, you can't call anybody else an alcoholic. It's up to you to accept where you are in your journey, because that obviously leads us up to the first step and making that admittance that I'm powerless over something. And then the whole conversation about powerlessness comes up, you know, am I really powerless over this? Well, it really depends on your definition and how, how severe you want to take it or how seriously you want to, you want to take it you here's a good title for a book. You may be powerless, but not helpless.
0: Thanks, Craig. Can I use that? If I, wait a minute, I did use that, didn't I? That was interesting how, that was a a response, Amy, talking about guidance and responding. I was looking for a title for the book and I was like, I need a title and I don't have one. And I just said, I'm open to a title. I wasn't fixed in thinking I had it figured out, you know, none of those things. And I was listening to uh the Boiled Owl podcast, Don and Sam, and they had a lady on that and she was telling her story, she said, you know, I'm powerless, but I'm not helpless. I'm like, there it is. And it was like two or three days after I opened up to, you know, being open to finding this title. That's that responding that this is talking about. Because we learn to respond to life instead of orchestrate and have all these fixed ideas that we have it figured out. I, I think that's the real, the, one of the keys to guidance is not thinking I already have the answers and being open to what I hear from, could hear from most anyone or from any any source. That's looking internally, isn't it? When you think about it. Because you're thinking that it's going to be shown in some way and you're open instead of blocking everything out, thinking that you've got the best ideas about everything.
1: Who knows where the part about the boiled owl is in the book?
0: It's in, uh, it's borrowed as an owl. Is it, is,
1: it a vision, is it a vision for you? Yes, it is. It's just, I, I mentioned it a couple of times in the meeting and people were just looking at me. So they we say, we Boiled Owl? They thought it was some thing that we do in Scotland. It was also the name of the pub.
0: 158. I've prayed to God on hangover mornings and sworn that I'd never touch another drop. But by nine o'clock, I'd be boiled as an owl. That'd be 9 a.m., not p.m. Guys, if you haven't listened, uh, look up the A.A. Grapevine podcast. It's a great podcast. And Don, is act, Don and Sam are actually doing that now for A.A. And our own Amy was a guest not long ago. No way. Last week before last? Yeah, just recently. And Scott B., anyone that go, that's come to the 9 p.m. meeting, Scott B. was uh, was on uh, a few weeks ago.
1: I need to check my email, see if my invites in the name. They must have.
0: Must I, have I asked Don to Craig, but he uh, wasn't. He, he just, uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe, I don't know.
1: Maybe they're not ready. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they can't handle. They can't handle you crack. That's
1: yeah. exactly true. The funniest thing I've ever heard was um was the episode where they had done my name is Ebenezer. My name is Ebenezer S. And it was a parody on a Christmas carol. And it was um Ebenezer Scrooge was having his intervention. It was the it was the three it was the three spirits that were giving him a, an intervention and the boiled owl was the name of the bar that he owned.
0: Don's very creative actually and he's the one that did the pictures for me for uh, the book Craig was talking about so powerless but not helpless In that next little paragraph it says the sage does not replace the celestial by the human In other words, he doesn't repl- he or she does not replace intuitive knowledge with learned, education or intellectualism outwardly they evolve along with things yet inwardly they do not lose their true state so those who realize the way return to clear tranquility those who find out about things end up end up without contrivance in other words you don't have to scheme to make things happen you don't if you're Walking in the way you don't have to manipulate and control. Those who, uh, they nurture the intelligence by calmness. Unify the spirit by abstraction and take to the gate of nothingness. Uh, unify the spirit by uh, abstraction. Abstraction means the quality of dealing with ideas rather than events. So he's talking about that the sage unifies the spirit by keeping things on an ideal level and not having those fixed labels like we were talking about earlier it's not events it's it's a it's a change in nature it's not it's not about not drinking it's about getting rid re, re, getting rid of the reasons why we drink see that would be Nurturing our calmness. The gate of nothingness could be back to that idea that I have no fixed label. That's a form of nothingness. I don't have this figured out. I am powerless. You know, that doesn't change. It's not God showed me twice and I take it from there. You know, I'll never will be powerful. I am the best I could ever be is more powerless <laughs> i mean you know I mean, that's the whole point that's the nothingness you got something chris um, you looked like you were you were ready
3: oh i was just adjusting my cushion
2: comments <laughs> oh, yeah. um, guys i i want to i want to talk about the the power powerless but, and I, and I get that. I do. I, I just want to throw this out there, though. Because by the time I work through the steps, well, I continue to work the steps. But anyway, I don't want to get hung up on that. So in the first step, I admit I'm powerless over alcohol my life is unmanageable. by me. I always like to add that. <laughs> um, by the time I get down to step 11, then I'm praying for the knowledge of his will and the power to carry that out. So for me, it, by then I'm, I have aligned my will with God's. I, I hope by then I continue to do the universe's will, not mine. So as long as I stay in that conscious contact, then I may not be powerless over everything, but it's not my power.
1: You have been empowered.
2: Empowered is a good word.
0: But you never, my experience, I never, the power never comes from me, uh, my intellectual self, uh, and it always takes a position of powerlessness for me to uh, to walk in that. Yeah. Yeah. When do I
1: know that I'm doing God's will? When you and have not, people. And not mine pretending that it's God's.
0: If you got fruit, are you at peace? Are you less yeah. dist- You know by the results, by the fruit, Craig. Or that's, that's the way the, i look at
2: it. Yeah, the feelings. When I'm when I'm doing my will, I get I, I get agitated, I get irritable, I get um, anxious, I get all these crazy, extra uh, uncomfortable feelings. When I'm in in the will of the universe, then I, I peace. Buddy said it. You know, it's like oh, okay, it's it's effortless. Mm-hmm. It's
3: like in the pit of the stomach.
2: Yes, gut feeling, intuition. Yeah. yeah.
1: You mean that's the part of that promise where it says we'll intuitively know how to handle situations that we couldn't that, that baffled us before? Sure. Yeah.
2: It's
1: amazing I how the
2: Right. Right. So there's a, a quote, page forty, of the big book. He was positive that this humiliating experience, plus the knowledge he had acquired, would keep him sober the rest of his life. Self-knowledge would fix it. Nope. Page before that, the actual or potential alcoholic, with hardly an exception, will be absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. So no amount of, Clancy I used to say, no amount of intellect matters when emotions surge. I think that goes along with what we're talking about is I can have all the knowledge that that I think you know I mean all the definitions all the labels all the self help books you know I can have all that swimming around in my head but until I have that um what was it uh well until I get back down to the true state. Get rid of all
1: that extra shit. I'm very wary about the self help books. I'm very wary about the the lit genre. And I'm very, I'm very vocal about certain books as well.
2: Oh, here, so, it's, I'm sorry. Some
1: some some of the books I'm not allowed to mention for contractual.
2: Well, it's interesting that it says writings are produced by words, and words come from knowledge. Intellectuals do not know they. Do not constitute a fixed way. Terms that can be designated do not make books to be treasured. they learned learn to come to an impasse again and again. This is not as good as keeping centered. Put an end to scholasticism and there will be no worries. Put an end to sagacity, which I wanted to know what that word meant. Abandoned knowledge and the people will benefit a hundredfold. What was the word? So, I don't know. S- sag- sage-
1: is that kind of like sages?
2: Sages City. I'm going to look it up.
0: Discernment, foresight, keen perception, ability to make good judgments.
2: Oh, so what's the difference in my will and God's will? Oh, boom. There we go. It,
0: it's back to that human intellectualism rather than uh, relying on our intuitiveness that we have within.
1: I think having all this knowledge is great, but you have to be acting on it as well at the same time.
0: Well, we have to approach it from a different way, Craig, or Mm -hmm. I do. That's like we talked about last week, or week before about the books we read. We're looking at these wanting to glean their experience. We're not uh, looking at these as a way to show us the four steps to enlightenment. You know, (laughs) that's different. You know, when you go to a meeting, you if you go to hear someone's experience of how they did it versus, oh, let me get the magic formula and do the formula, then it you know, then everybody'll get off my ass and I can do what I wanted it. No, it doesn't work that way.
1: <laughs> you got my hoops up there, I thought there's a formula.
0: <laughs> well, the formula is what we're talking about, is surrender, right? That's the formula.
3: The big book is full of knowledge. It's full of um, Knowledge gained from experience. And, and so, how does that fit in? I mean, it's a, it, the big book doesn't do any good unless you practice what you read.
0: Uh, you know why they so wrote the big book, Chris? They didn't write yeah. the book to give the latest self help or that kind of thing. They wrote the big book because there were not meetings everywhere and that they were hoping people would take the book and get sober from the book. They were sharing their experience of how they got sober. See, that's why you've got all the stories in the back because the first 164, they talk about the process and how they got sober. And then the stories in the back are just like going and hearing mm-hmm. someone's at a speaker meeting or listening to a podcast and hearing someone's story. At the time, there were only two meetings. It was a meeting in Akron and in New York, and that was it. Mm-hmm. This book was published so that they could reach more people with their experience. But some people could take the book and look at it differently, but that's the way that, that that I understand that. And when I read the book, what I'm hoping to do is glean something from their experience, uh, which is different from building my intellectual knowledge.
3: Yeah, people have different takes on the big book. Uh, some of them use it as a uh, you know, word-for-word gospel, I guess you might say. And the thing, well, you touched on it, the, the, the real genius of AA is that money is not, profit is not part of the scenario at all. Um,
2: but it generally. even says, I'm sorry to interrupt, Chris, but but I'm not. It even says our book is meant to be suggestive only. Mm-hmm. So those people that take it word for word clearly missed that sentence.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. <All> right. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I take it as as it's in there because it's true. Um, I,
1: hope, I hope there's some people mm-hmm. listening to this today.
3: Mm-hmm. And that applies to the Bible too, I understand, you know, people take that
1: too
0: mm-hmm. literally,
3: so I know week, in the I know the,
0: in the Bible itself, go ahead,
1: Greg. There was there was there was a book that, that um, you interviewed the the author was it William, William Schneider. Was that the that's that the author of writing of the big book, and he got access to the A archives. That was an incredibly interesting book. He it goes about what was behind the A and forming the forming A, the early days of it, and um, how they actually got to to the book. And they, they they were saying that you know a lot of the stories that are in the book, a lot of them are like parables, just the exact same as you get in the Bible. It just yeah, you know, it's, it's no coincidence that. Bill W. is talking about one thing, and then all of a sudden he knows this guy that just happened to throw himself in front of all these trucks and got better. And then, you know, he thought it's a good idea to just go and do this again. You know, it's the exact same as drinking. So there was no coincidence that um, it, it kind of turned out like a, a Joel Osteen sermon. You know, he's talking about one thing. it's like, ah, I just know this guy. <laughs>
2: It's a text action.
0: Joel Osteen invitation,
2: Craig. Oh my God, it was pretty spot on. Um, so Chris, back to your back to your comment about the big book being knowledge. Is it is it fair for us to say that it's knowledge or can we just call it experience? I mean, I guess it's learned from the standpoint that knowledge is stuff that we learn. Hmm.
3: You've got me thinking. now. Well, yeah, well, you know, it's. It, I guess it's how you take it. That's the way I'm, the way I'm looking at it right now. Um. Uh. The, just the steps, for example. You know, those are pretty. Those are clear. You know, what you do. Um. You know, the twelve and twelve, which I realize, you know, obviously it's not the big book, but it you know, it, it elaborates on that and tries to solidify and segregate the steps and so forth. So, that's um, descriptive of the test textbook, sort of, where, you know. But I believe it's a good. So, yeah, it's good. It, there are lots of lessons in it. And so it, it's, it's a good book for teaching. Um, and so what's the nature of teaching? I don't know, you know. So, there's I
0: think yeah. a lot of times, too, we're, we're not... We're not taught to look at knowledge the way that we're talking about today. We're it's it's another one of those paradoxes that we learn coming into recovery that flips everything I think upside down. And that's why I love the Tao's because it's the opposite of the way I'm taught to, you know? Mm-hmm. It's all the same kind of thinking in that yeah, this is knowledge, but it's not knowledge. You know, it's uh, it's our approach to the knowledge. Do we do we come at the things that we're talking about here about recovery with an open heart, with an open mind? Or do we come to conquer, to divide and conquer and figure this thing out, you know, and work, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle and figure out how to do this? See, that's a different kind of attitude.
1: I think it depends on not to go too deep into it, but I think it really depends on what you how you define the knowledge as I mean I have gained a lot more knowledge of myself through the experience of working the steps and working with a sponsor reading the big book reading different texts so I've gained more knowledge about myself but I probably still can't tell somebody else how to do it. I could share my experiences how to do it I think that's 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 the amazing thing about about how we're doing things you know this is how it worked for me. May work for you. If it does, then well done. If not, then you know, there's, there's going to be something like that.
0: Here's another portion of uh, this week's verse. Uh, it's talking about sages. Uh, they do not let desires confuse feelings. They do what is appropriate without scheming. They're trusted without speaking. They succeed without thinking about it. See, that's, that's the difference. They achieve without contriving to do so. And all that starts with not letting desires confuse their feelings. In other words, you know, not getting caught up in the things that we want and our likes and our dislikes and all those things. It comes back to acceptance, Chris, like we were talking about before.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and um, how it works. The, the right at the right end. Our description of the alcoholic, chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. That we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. That probably no human power could have received our alcoholism. That God could and would if he were sought. To me, that, um, is, is what, um, it's the sagacity of it, I guess, of that statement. It's, uh, it makes me think that this is knowledge in here. Uh, does that make sense? Um,
0: it does. Uh, but what if you thought about this from, um, you know, they're talking about themselves to our description. And the, this is about us, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. It's interesting, it says it doesn't say that we were alcoholic and could not manage our drinking. It says we couldn't manage our own lives.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, and that God could and would if he were sought. That was mm-hmm. their experience.
2: So it just depends on mm-hmm. how you read it, really, you know. I think too, the word ideas. Right, An idea is not a concrete, doesn't necessarily mean a concrete mathematical formula like A squared plus B squared equals C squared, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, A squared plus B squared equals whatever I just said, that is, like, that will never change, right? But these are just ideas, and these are things it could and would, could, not always will right probably not it doesn't just say no human power it says probably no human power
3: yeah.
2: so i i think it's I, I still think it's all up for interpretation in that it's it's more of experience and what worked for them and Here's here are our ideas. Take what you need, leave the rest. What of this works for you? What of this can you elaborate on to, to get it to fit into where you are in your journey? Um Yeah. I and think you know, the usage
1: of ideas rather than our opinions of an alcoholic. Because you're right. There's, it's not rooming, it's not leaving any room for people to formulate their own ideas. It's, it's basically forcing forcing their opinions on you rather than saying like, this, "This is what we think of it."
0: And don't we have the tendency though, when we have something that works, we just want to preach it to everyone though, and and mm-hmm. this is you know that that's the when we when we get involved and it starts working for us, we get excited. And we want to become an evangelist for how we're getting sober, you know. And okay. I think that's where a lot of the misinterpretation comes, Chris. Mm-hmm.
3: And, and, and maybe uh, Wen Sue ought to be talking about the, instead of abandoning knowledge, um, don't abuse knowledge. Or don't, um, uh, his, his thing about abandoning knowledge is, is pretty strong, so...
0: I think it's about abandoning. It's not about abandoning knowing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's about abandoning self-knowledge. It's about mm-hmm. abandoning that you have the intellectual capacity to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Because that's the part that I think he's speaking against. You know, it's like the labels. Yeah. Again. When we hear the word knowledge, we're thinking, You're saying burn books. No, that's not what he's saying. He's not saying burn books.
3: Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Yeah.
0: But what he's saying is what you read. If you're looking externally for the solution, (laughs) there's a better way. You may Hmm. can read and read all these things is fine. But if you're not open hearted and open minded. To see the solution and then learn to look for that and respond to that, your life is going to be much more difficult than uh, if you learn to, to come at life with an openness and from a place of surrender.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's what the 11th step says too, Amy, I think. is It says that uh, thought through prayer and meditation, which is the calmness that we're talking about here, is returning to the inner calmness uh to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand God, not as anyone else. Praying only for the knowledge of his will and the power to carry that out. I think that just means that God's, this will is happening all the time and we just don't see it. It's not praying that his will would happen in our life. It's happening the whole time and it's just blowing by us and we can't even see it going on is the way I interpret that. I didn't say pray for his will to be done. The knowledge of his will. So that's the intuitiveness, Chris. That's the knowing.
3: Mm-hmm. That's the knowing. I agree with
0: um, Not letting desires confuse feelings. What does that mean?
1: And in yourself to God as you understand. As you
0: understand God. <laughs> it, it's not getting caught up. In what I want, or how I think things should be, or the good and bad labels that we label everything with It's back to the labels again. Those fixed labels. It's good when I have a lot of money in the bank, and I've got a bowl of ice cream in front of me. You know, that's good. Okay. Well, that may not be good.
1: You had me ice cream.
0: Yeah, I know. You didn't hear another word, did you, Craig? After ice cream, no.
1: Did you say anything else? Like, no, I, I completely get what you're saying. You know, when, when things are going bad against us, you know, we've, we very quickly forget what we should be doing.
0: I'm really trying to learn to change my – when I talk to a sponsee or anyone, and I have to watch who I talk to this way because I don't want it to sound very, you know, ultra-spiritual kind of thing. When you know sponsees, how their day is going, So that we can fix it and make it good if it's not good as if we're doing something wrong. If our day is appears to be bad. Right. How about how are you doing? uh, Is there anything you're having difficulty accepting today as it is? I'd like to have a better way to say that, but that, but coming from that vantage point of acceptance, like you were talking about Chris earlier, rather than, Oh, if your day's bad, you must be doing something wrong, so it can be good, and getting those labels out of there because I realized that my my having a peaceful day has more to do with my acceptance of the moment as it is than me orchestrating things and scheming to make everything good and have nothing that's uh, perceived bad or difficult going on in my life today.
3: One of the Things this makes me think of is, um, interruptions. You know, you're, you're tasking at something and, um, you get an interruption. Um, what is the serene response to that interruption is a difficult thing at the the time to sort out. Um, you know what I mean? The, um, how to react to it, how, how to respond to it, I guess. Um,
0: Give us an example, Chris, like a real life. Yeah, well,
3: um, I'm sitting listening to some music. Um, it's a way for me to um, decompress, let's say. My wife comes in and talks about bills that aren't being paid. Um, so <laughs> uh, it takes a lot of uh footwork upstairs to figure out how to um, respond to that.
1: Um, Chris, I know so. exactly where you're coming from with this one because I pretty much live in the kitchen. I do all my sponsory meetings in the kitchen. I do the cooking in the kitchen. I do the washing in the dishes. I do the ironing in the kitchen. I'm one of these modern men that do absolutely everything. I love doing it with my headphones on. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've got something on Netflix. I'm listening to some music, just bopping away, doing mine, and And then all of a sudden I turn around and Louise has been talking to me for the past five minutes. I'm like, what? <laughs> and, goes, yeah. and it's not as if she can't see the big black headphones on my head, but she still insists on talking away to me. I'm like, what is it? What were you saying for the past five minutes That's you know, you, you couldn't have texted me and I could have picked up later on. Mm. So I know what you're talking about with interruptions. And I find myself, I, I get pretty aggravated when my flow gets disturbed
3: mm, okay.
1: because she wants to tell me something about, you know, something wrong with one of the kids. Like, we tell me for?
2: <laughs> But I just, I just need to know, did either one of you ever once think to say, hey, I'm going to be zoning out for a little while, listening to some music, so if something comes up, please get my attention. Right. Just or or give me ten minutes or whatever. You know, like
3: You sound just like my therapist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm just I'm just a wife. I am just yeah. a wife, right?
1: <laughs> let's 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 play a game. Let us play a game. Right, okay. Let's see if you can spot the difference.
3: Oh right. Oh, you got your headphones on. I'll turn around, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you, do you ever just put your headphones on to, to trick her into thinking that you're busy doing something? Um, have you ever answered her when you had your headphones on and she thought, you know, I mean... Because, yes, I
1: have. I have. And I said, what are you shouting for? She's so like, why are you shouting? I'm because like, my music is too loud.
2: <laughs> I'm
0: not really qualified. I don't feel I'm qualified to say anything on this because... I am divorced twice. (laughs) Twice, yeah. (laughs) But when I had moments of clarity with number two, I would say, when something like that comes, I said, "Honey, I love you, and I love talking to you, and I love our conversations. But could you give me a few moments, please, that I'm wanting to blah blah blah? And then let's have let's chat about that. Do you mind? You know, something like that. You know, just
1: wait till I write this one down
2: right no and see and i'm to the point where i'm like yeah i just have no idea what you said or i will say i just wasn't listening to you no offense and we're i guess we're just at that place but you know chris you asked about interrupting and how do you respond well i didn't do that too well all i wanted to do on saturday was was myself zone out and take my lounge chair and be all redneck with my box fan and go lay out for an hour. why the guys thought that they needed to cut the grass right there next to where I was trying to lay out I don't understand. so I picked up my chair, my fan and went to the front yard and I'll be damned if they didn't follow me they didn't they really didn't but I I probably um what I did not do, is I did not cuss them out and tell them how terrible they were. I did, I might've stomped a little bit and huffed and puffed a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I think it, it's communication. I think, you know, if I want some, some me time and other people are around that might want my attention or need my attention, then I think in order to help minimize the interruption or minimize my frustration, I just say, hey, I'm gonna zone out for a while. Give Mm -hmm. me thirty minutes, give me twenty minutes, give me an hour, whatever it is, and I'll be back with you.
3: One of the ways I think think about it is that she's in the act of sharing, which I don't wanna I don't want to discourage. So, you know, it's like internally I get torn there between between that thing. So
1: I'm going to start leaving it. my diary around. And if there's a slot in it, then they can write the name in it and I'll get to them.
3: That's why texting is good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but he's picked up his phone. He's texting my wife right now, isn't he? <laughs> that
0: was good, guys. I enjoyed the conversation. Any, now, the the next, next week we'll have Sensei here, but after that, in the seventh verse, it's talking about desires, and more about, you know, in the sixth verse we talked about not being carried away by desires, and it talks more about that in verse seven, how our desires can morph into some bad actions and help us a little bit more with with this whole process of learning how to see the path and stay on it, you know. It's great, though, that even when I make a bad decision, so to speak, it's going to work out into something good. I know that.
3: Mm-hmm. You will come out the other end.
0: Water always runs downhill,
3: Chris.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> always. We, our life always works into something good. Or it has for mm-hmm. me, my entire life, I can look back. Now, maybe not in the moment, I can't see it. But eventually, I see where it works into something good.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I've got the next 29 minutes planned out. I've just downloaded the A Grapevine, season three, episode 20, 20 25, is I'm going to listen to I'm going to listen to Ms. Amy. I didn't realize it actually released it as a podcast.
0: All right, guys, that's it. Y'all have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.